Welcome, everybody, to What Would It Cost Florida with your host, Niels Decker, and our special guest, Andrew Perry, a man, uh, and I would say, you know, not just in the real estate, a personality, a real personality. I'm looking forward to being with you here today and uh, chatting all things real estate and everything around it. Super stoked. Let's go. Awesome. Welcome, Andrew. And uh, I think I'm just thinking about this now. You've been, I think, the first guest that's been on what would it cost in Toronto, what would it cost here in Florida. So, yes, welcome. That's a, an amazing honor to be a part of, you know, the Spark ecosystem. And um, honestly, it's, uh, you know, I feel at home with you boys. It's yeah. been great so far. Yeah, definitely, and uh, so at home that we uh, we brought you along, and you've been yeah. here for the for the full full week. Yeah, we we came in on Sunday, and uh, you know I flew out with everybody, and uh, we've been uh, staying in the same house, which is cool. I feel like I'm back in college again, yeah. you know, or, you know, <laughs> eating good, you know, yeah. getting those steaks in, the red meat, hitting yeah. the gym, we're doing it all. A real boys trip uh, almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think uh, you've been to every gym now, uh, if possible, in Fort Lauderdale as well with Nikki. Yeah, well, you know what? We we did the Titans gym. I love it. It's like nice. a gritty, you know, old clang and bang. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I love it. But uh, I totally forgot. I've got an LA Fitness membership that works everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so maybe we'll check that out next. Check that out. Well, you won't Nothing have to- against Titan, by the way. It's a great gym. I'm even going to get those uh, uh, those skinny little uh, nipple viewing uh, shirts. I'm going to hit up the beach and do some push-ups right on the beach, right? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, you won't have to twist uh, Nick's arm to go to a different gym and, and check that out. So. No, he, he's, he's, yeah. he's open to do three days. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's all for it. That's awesome. And I think uh, he was taking what you guys were going to was sauna cryo. What was it afterwards? So it's a, a cryogenic chamber. So, yeah. you know, I, honestly, I thought I was going to go in there, come out in the year 3000. Uh, it, it's something out of a movie. Like you yeah. look at it, it's all the smoke. And then you go in and, and you know, you just basically get frozen for three minutes. And, um, you know, I'm like, so how cold is this? And she's like, minus 202. So I said, minus 202, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I'm like, come out like a popsicle? Yeah. And uh, no, and it's so, because you guys are Fahrenheit, right? So to yeah. me, I don't even know what that is in, in Celsius, but it's yeah. damn cold is what I know. Yeah. And I, you know, she's like, everybody gets to pick their favorite song. What do you want to hear? I'm like, let's throw on some Morgan Wallen. She's right. like, interesting choice yeah like nick's putting on uh you know acdc or For something sure. or queen yeah. and i'm coming or ozzy osbourne yeah and i'm like just give me some morgan wallen and i'm fine yeah that's hilarious but man i did i feel great after that yeah it was it was a great experience and i don't know if they have those in toronto or niagara yet but uh i'm suggesting to nick and the boys that they should put it in their new office yeah yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to pop up soon in one of the offices for sure. Well, it's cool. They have like this big stainless steel, um, like I don't even know what you would call it, like a, like a canister or something. It's like 10 feet tall, and it's where all the nitro sits, I guess, because yeah. I'm sure that's how they, cold, the, yeah. they chill it, right? So it's an interesting process, and uh, I'm glad that I got to test it out. Yeah, and I think the biggest impact is just being able to, to move lactic acid and yes. get you going for your third, fourth workout of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Especially in this Florida heat, man. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, refreshing one. It's beauty. I've I've experienced it as well. So, uh, yeah, what what's been the plan this week? What what I haven't seen. I've seen you guys here and there, but uh, yeah. tell us a little bit what what's on the agenda. What are you guys up to? So, yep. so my goal in you know real estate and you know people introduce me, and I, you know I, yeah. it's all right if they don't know me, right? I'll give them that one. But they always introduce me as a realtor. And it's not that I find that offensive, because yeah. I don't. It's just, it's not what I do. Yeah. Uh, I am a licensed realtor, yes. And I sell and list properties. And, you know, I, I work with some of my close clients and referrals. But for the most part, I'm running the business. Yeah. And I'm always trying to think of innovative ways to grow the business. Yeah. I feel that real estate focusing on, because before it was, no, you got to focus on your localized area. Yeah. You got to become the local expert, which yeah. I believe is true. However, true. yeah, you know, currently I'm number one. Our team's number one in Niagara. Yeah, and that spinning out. Man, there's just a Lamborghini <laughs> doing a donut outside. Yeah. I love this country, man. <laughs> yes. I got to come here more often. Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's not enough for yeah. me to get to even to number one in our area. That's not what it's all about. Yeah. I never got into real estate to be top agent or top team. I got into real estate to start building an empire. And the only way to, in my opinion, yeah. to expand your growth, expand your brand, and really start to create that um, empire or legacy for your life is to start expanding into other markets. Yeah. So I started uh, in Ontario, Canada, in Niagara-on-the-Lake. We have our office there with our partners, uh, Mac Inc., uh, Jesse and Evan McDonald, as well as my team, the Fine Estates team. Yeah. And then we branched off into Muskoka, Canada, which is the, the cottage country of, uh, of Ontario. And, you know, a lot of famous people go there. Yeah. A lot of famous people live in Niagara-on-the-Lake, too. And it was just, you know, all my clients just made sense to go there because all my clients yeah. had a summer home in Muskoka. Yeah. And they have, you know, a house in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And then I'm like, so what do you guys do in the winter? And they're like, oh, well, we spent six months in Florida. So it was almost a no-brainer. To think that if I'm looking to expand the business, expand the brand yeah. internationally, that Florida is the natural growth path. Yeah. So the way it works, as you know, is you know it's easier to um, get amongst the markets in in the states by first you know either starting an LLC here, buying a property, and slowly starting to put more investments into uh, the Florida economy yeah. to make things a little bit easier yeah. when you want to go and establish yourself and a yeah. brand in a new area. Yeah, and, so, so that's what we're doing. And, and I'm looking at being properties. A, and being able to understand it from your experience first to know what you're talking about and, and being able to say, hey, I've gone through that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I love that you said that because that's yeah. exactly how my business is 90% agent-to-agent referrals. Yeah. People have listened to me, have heard me say that many times. And the reason why is because i i'm in vacation areas i'm in destinations yeah. people want niagara on the lake is the wine country capital of of canada muskoka's cottage capital of canada so these are areas that somebody wants to send me their business because we know how to sell the lifestyle of that community yeah. in fort lauderdale and in miami and florida is just a natural progression yeah. so as i was out looking at properties i got to really understand the best subdivisions you know what works better for families what works better for seniors 
Yeah. What looks better for a group of guys that want to go and hang out for the week or yeah. for girls? Yeah. And, you know, so it was a really eye-opening experience. And, you know, as we move forward in purchasing that investment property, we can then move forward to look at, you know, how do we set up our team here, our brand, and really elevate our, our client experience to that, you know, that next level. Yeah. Yeah, very cool to hear. And I want to go back a couple steps. I, I mean, I'm, I say it all the time. Realtors look for a hyper local one. We'll look for someone, ideally someone that had diapers on in that area when they, where they're selling. Not yeah. always the case, but if someone's been there and and yeah. is sold and understands the area, I'm big fan of that. The other piece that you mentioned is that for you, you understood your role, but. Maybe take people a little bit back too that mm -hmm. that haven't met you and the, the viewers and listeners. Yep. For you, was that something that then was a, a quick awareness, or was something that you went into right out the gate and you're like, "Hey, that's where I excel and that's where I'm going"? Or how did that evolve? So, um, for all the Americans who are who are watching this podcast, yeah. uh, I worked for LA Fitness, and yeah. if you know LA Fitness, if you've worked for LA Fitness, their sales training is unmatched yeah. it's it taught me so much and what it taught me is that not only am i really good at building relationships yeah. but i'm also great at um understanding and becoming self-aware of my yeah. skills talents what i'm good at what i'm not good at which then led me to learn more about myself as a leader yeah so you know when i'm back home and i'm and i'm starting off in my career and i'm selling and what I realized my biggest takeaway from the majority of my sales is that I'm not a good salesman. I'm a good relationship builder. Yeah. And that led me to think that, okay, so if my clients are enjoying my experience uh, or their experience with me, maybe I can help other agents develop that type of an outlook when it comes to their sales career. And that's how the team kind of started. It was a little rocky at first. You know, I, I got a, a, a team full of women and uh, learning how to navigate that process coming from usually running sales teams full of men. Yeah. I had to, you know, take a, a outside look at my approach. And yeah. I realized that, and again, this comes back to self-awareness, that I had to hire somebody who I felt would do a better job. So yeah. I hired my VP of sales, Crystal Simons, yeah. and she stepped in as the as the uh, as the sales manager, as you know, and she's as a, a as a, a communicator uh, between me and, and the rest of the people, and uh, it's been and it's been really great. And so I'm replicating that type of a process off of the LA Fitness model. So you have a GM who's who's responsible for sales, yeah. and then you have a director of operations who's responsible uh, responsible for the day-to-days. Yeah. And that's how we're able to replicate this this team or corporate style to our real estate business, yeah. to replicate it and foster that same culture in other markets. Yeah, yeah, and it's beauty to, to hear that because, you know, that's it's so often that big block from small to medium to big and that flow. Right. Right. And having those structures in place. And ultimately, you know, you'll see it with the frustration with some some agents or some people that are, are moving in sales where there's gaps in communication, in delivering white glove and being able to cater right. to certain needs of clients that they need. And, uh, you know, when I hear someone say, ah, I'm so busy or, or, you know, right away, I'm looking at someone that's wearing five hats at once. Right. Literally, I'm looking at yes. them like take 
that hat off, take this hat off, take that hat off. Exactly. And and being able to to grow together and and, and put people in the places where they excel is is actually a thing of beauty because they love what they're doing as well because they agree. know they're good at it. It's it's. I remember a few instances where, because I also run a group of, uh, I'm one of the moderators, sorry, of a group that's, uh, you know, 30,000 realtors. Yeah. So with 30,000 realtors, you get a lot, it's called real estate hacks. So we have a lot of hacks, uh, a lot of tips, a lot of advice, but, you know, we also have a lot of rants. Yeah. Right? So we're trying to minimize that, delete all those tight style of posts. But there's a few people that, you know, I just remember them posting about how stressed they were, how, you know, they have to... And everybody in the comments, no, you got to service your client. You got to do this. Yeah, you got to yeah. go, you know, cut their grass. You got to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, people are promoting themselves as, yeah, I go and shovel their driveway. It's like, uh, why? Yeah. I'll do that too. Yeah. But I'm paying for somebody else to do that. Yeah. It's where, you know, you don't have to, I, I feel the average realtor gets too caught up. And I say this a lot. The average realtor gets caught up in what I like to call a service industry. Yeah. I don't necessarily consider myself in the service industry. I consider myself in the business industry where I have to run the play to help service my clients. Yes, but yeah. that's not that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. It's we have people that fulfill those duties for us. Yeah. And so that's why I try to take the word service out of all of my presentations because yeah. we're here to provide a white glove service yes but it's more of an experience yeah and i think you mentioned a little bit so you know some people might say and say okay well that's great but what happened in between and you mentioned a little bit it was a rocky road and and yeah. for those listening let's let's unpack that a little bit and see you know and obviously entrepreneurship is definitely never this straight line is the squiggly and all yes. the things you've seen so let's talk about that so my first team that i started uh two and a half years into the business yeah. um it was rushed i didn't have any capital we couldn't afford to support the agents yeah. and it was a team of young guys that didn't feel they were getting enough yeah and it folded after three months and yeah. it was it was a big ego gut punch you know yeah. especially when we were promoting it so heavily yeah. online um but that taught me exactly what i needed to focus on and then when i started my team my finest states team 2.0 i guess you could say yeah. um the goal was wrong i wanted to bring on people that could help with my overflow of business yeah and it was great but there was a lack of structure, a lack of communication, a lack of, uh, call it, you know, vision, where we had to adapt super quick. Because when I started, it was uh, just in the beginning of COVID. So like 2020 is when yep. we started the second edition of the team. And we had tons of business, tons of leads. And what we weren't necessarily... F I was always good at client appreciation. Yeah. But when you get that busy we were letting it all fall to the wayside. So our returning clientele, we were lucky and humbled if they came back to us. Yeah. And which a lot did, but yeah. a lot didn't. And you know, we'd be like, did you just see them on Facebook? Did you just buy a new house? Yeah. Oh yeah, Andrew, I guess you guys were Say, too busy I'm for I'm not me. cutting your grass anymore. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. holy smoke. So what I realized was, okay, no matter how busy you get, you have to invest 
in a follow-up system, in a um, appreciation system. So what we did is we started simple. We took all of our clients, all of our leads, and we know all of their birthdays, and we got them, for the Canadians listening, at Tim Hortons. It's a Canadian coffee company. I, I see you guys have some in the States, by the way. But yeah. anyways, so what we would do is we send them a $5 Tim's card on their birthday. And that's how the response that we got was so amazing and yeah. overwhelming that I was like, just something as simple as a handwritten note with a, yeah. biz, with a Tim's card. Yeah. And what I realized is like, okay, so... We really have to focus on how we treat our clients. Yeah. Obviously, we crush it during the actual transactional process, but what happens when the deal's closed? And that was the biggest shift in our business, and now we're, we have our clients call us when they want something. Yeah, that's awesome. And what I hear as well, and I think what was huge, when you start to understand that when, when the file is closed or the, the home has been closed, and bought and and they get the key it's almost that's when everything starts yeah everything prior you know everything is is the hustle and bustle and and the you know there's there's excitement but when that that closes that's when the relationship really starts and i think that's what you're pointing to which you you really uh turned over and then made a huge impact i agree And, and to package it up it would be major and i and i think about this all the time there's a set of realtors that feel or believe or have this deep conviction that your business is posting yeah. on social media. Mm. And then you have another group or another camp that says, okay, you're, my business is setting up showings, writing up offers, firming up the deal. Yeah. And then you have other camps that you just suggested where the work starts when yeah. the property closes. I love that. It's something yeah. that I've never envision the way you just uh, set it out but yeah. it's something that I'm always constantly thinking yeah. about yeah that's awesome and uh, I think too you know what you're probably experiencing and um, you can speak to it is you know that growth from small to medium to large where do you continue to look to be able to uh, service where there is that that touch where it's still a personal touch mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be always a challenge too as businesses grow to be able right. to say you know where are we so big that maybe you lose that you know some people call it in the words of it's a family a family feeling or you know the personal ability so so it, we have we have my personal thoughts and opinions about each client yeah. uh, in our CRM system, so that you know, I have a, I have what different groups of clients, right? You know, some are our best friends, and some, you know, hey, we had a great time together, but you know, we we do, we don't keep in communication, or nobody responds to our invitations, or they don't come to the client events, which is fine because yeah. we find most of those are the ones that refer yeah. us. It's so weird yeah. how that works, but. Um, not to say that people that come to our client parties don't refer us. It's just it's so weird. The people that you don't think are gonna, yeah. you know, be thinking about you all the time are the ones that send you the business sometimes. Yeah. But um, where I'm going with that is that you need you need to be able to create a process that emulates the way you feel about your clients and the way the clients know that you feel about them. Because um, I'll tell you, there's some. Uh, people out there that spend you know one full day a month and they'll personally handwrite the cards yeah. i unfortunately don't do that but my no, no, team no. knows exactly 
what I feel about each client and they can emulate the way I would respond in a handwritten letter or appreciation. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do have that set of clients, let's call it 30 of my really best clients that I do that personal, I do the calls, I do the handwritten letters, I stop by their house, I call yeah. them, I text them. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a process that is important to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think too, as your teams grow that, you know, being able to manage and, and instilling that culture into them so that I think what I've heard of numbers as well is like you usually have about 150 people throughout your lifetime that you kind of have in your circle where That's you're right. talking to, you know, and as you're growing, let's say you have a thousand clients, it's going to be impossible to do that many outreach all the time. Of course. Right. But I think what I'm hearing too is that when that culture then rubs off of people and you have people on your team that are then are doing, then you start adding to all that, which is, which is of great. Of course. Yeah. In, in the way that I, and so here's the interesting thing is that out of all the referrals and all the business that I get, yeah. I'm always the one that reaches out first. Yeah. I'm always the one that does the discovery call and I'm always the one that starts that relationship off. Yeah. And the reason why is because if you're coming to Niagara on Lake or Muskoka, the values are fairly high. Yeah. And if in most of my business are not well, my sellers are from this area. Yeah. But most of my buyers are people that are have never heard of Niagara on Lake before. They've yeah. never been here or yeah. they don't know anything about the real estate market yeah. or the lifestyle. So it's I always love getting on that phone call and saying yeah. Everything that I love about Niagara on the Lake, explaining and showing why the lifestyle f equals the value that you're paying yeah. for these houses. And then transitioning to here, what have you experienced so far here, what you've seen? Uh, what I really love is that there's a, is a, a strong um, relative vision that I get about Fort Lauderdale and Niagara on the Lake. Yeah. So Fort Lauderdale's... A big city like we're downtown right now niagara on the lake does not have this yeah but the feel the the style of the homes and just the overall you know i see people out running i see people at the gym at seven yeah. o'clock see yeah. people playing golf tennis it just it reminds me of exactly how the how my clients would live yeah. And they would come to Niagara on the Lake. They're looking for, hey, does this town have any events? Yeah. Does this town have any uh, churches? Does this town have any uh, um, cryo chambers? Cryo chambers, chambers or yeah. uh, ukulele groups? Yeah. <laughs> like I just got this really strong community-driven culture here, and that's yeah. like all of the markets that I serve. Yeah, that's awesome. I, and I say it often too. It's it's. You know, I feel like when people wake up, they know it's a new opportunity, new day, and, and they're ready to go get it. Right. And I, I love that atmosphere. And um, Everybody's know, in shape here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're talking about, America. Yeah. Everybody's in shape here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're putting, the, they're putting it on the map. I love it, the, the healthy lifestyle. But, it's uh, great. Rocco's Tacos. Yes. <laughs> what What's uh, the remaining of the week? What's on the, the schedule? What uh, What are the plans? Or? So the remaining uh, week for me, I did majority of everything I set out to do in the first yeah. few days. Yeah. So now I'm going to do a little bit more exploring, uh, you know, do a little more eating, Couple more days. And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, we, you know, we're still lining up some additional showings. I think uh, I want to see some properties in Miami too, and just 
explore the actual differences between Miami, Florida, and Orlando, or Fort Lauderdale and Orlando. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. So asking the question here, yeah. what would it cost? What have you been running? Has it been on yeah. the purchase or on rental properties? Let's get into that. So the interesting thing, and the reason why I wanted to unpack all of the three markets that I mentioned, Miami, Orlando, and Fort Lauderdale, is because I really wanted to be able to compare um, you know, what is the initial investment down? Yeah. What are we making back? Is there any work to do? Is it furnished? What are the amenities? So Orlando, we were looking at anywhere between five to 10 bedrooms yeah. and you're looking at anywhere between, you know, 550 to 900. Yeah. And these properties, um, in Orlando, you know, let's call it a, a six or seven bedroom for 700 that $700,000 home comes with a pool. It's got usually furnished. Um, it's It's got a clubhouse where there's a pool, a bar, um, a movie theater, an arcade, a golf course, and it's all within that subdivision. So you get yourself a golf cart and you just bring the kids and, it, and it's great, right? You're close to Disney World. Um, and then you come to Fort Lauderdale where you get something a little bit more higher at 850 Sometimes it's fully done, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's fully furnished, but you got a pool with that price. And it's more of a, you feel at home. Yeah. Where in Orlando, you feel like, okay, I'm on vacation, I'm on a, I'm at a resort. Like, yeah. you know, when you go to Mexico, Dominican, yeah. something like that, Bahamas, you're at a resort. Um, where Fort Lauderdale, I felt way more at home, and I could see myself actually living here. Yeah. So what's important is, um, when I invest in properties is that not only am I investing something that is going to make a good return for me, so it's numbers, yeah. but it's also something for me, something that I can use. So yeah. all my investments are in locations that I can go and use them whenever I want as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it comes down to personal preference and, and what aligns with what you're looking for. And as well, like you tying it back to what you said earlier, that what you can then relate to and experience back to clients and people that are interested. Exactly. Yeah. So if you look at, let's call it 700000 or six, we even looked at one at six thirty, and it was yeah. great. So let's just say $630,000. Um, you have condo or maintenance fees anywhere between three hundred to six hundred, depending on what they offer for you or do yeah. for you. They cut your grass, or they clean your pool, do they rent it out for you. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your property management on top of that. So you're still netting if in Orlando anywhere between four to six thousand. Yeah. And in Fort or La Fort Lauderdale, your numbers are quite similar from yeah. what I heard, and all the all the uh, financial projections that we're getting. Yeah. And you're looking at you know anywhere between a hundred to one hundred forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Incredible. In Canada, yep. you don't have that. No. You know, I just saw on Instagram before we hopped on the podcast, uh, one of my investor friends were, I'm not saying bragging, but presenting, yeah. you know, what a successful job they did. And, you know, two weeks earlier, I would have said the same thing. Guy bought a house in uh, Thorold for 700 grand. Yeah. There's five bedrooms at f or six bedrooms at $500 a piece. Uh, after everything, he's netting 300 bucks. Yeah. And it's this little shack. And yeah. he's like, 300 bucks profit, baby. Yeah. And, I, and I agree. And the you know, appreciation we, but, but, conversation is huge then for us. Of course. Yeah. And I've always told yeah. my clients, I said, yeah. look, it's not about the cash flow. And now I come here, I'm like, 
what the hell am I talking about? It's not about the cash flow. You come here, you're literally 10, yeah. 15, 20 yeah. Xing your income yeah. than buying in Ontario. Yeah. Ontario is a great place to buy for appreciation. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah. We're, we're, we're at a plateau now, but we're going to go up again. But yeah. in, in Fort Lauderdale and Miami, in, in, uh, and I'll get into Miami, uh, Miami numbers and, and after this, it's you're literally 10 to 20xing that investment. And what's really cool is about Fort Lauderdale and Orlando is okay. Fort Lauderdale is a little higher, but if you wanted somewhere to go that was a little less, um, you know, uh, resort style, yeah. then this is the perfect place. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's a city, but I don't feel like it's a city. I feel like it's a, a, a you know a safe community yeah. that you know does not feel overwhelming. Yeah. But if you want to go to Miami, I was we were talking to our realtor Killian there, and he said his place roughly a million. Yeah. So as opposed to Fort Lauderdale, that you're in and around eight hundred grand, you're at a million, but you're if you're like ten, fifteen. Twenty thousand dollars a month, yeah, which yep. is like insane to me. Yeah, and I think the biggest conversation that I'm having with people too is that, you know, obviously you're seasoned. You've been in the you've been in the experience. You're actually selling the experience as well. You understand the numbers. You've seen the numbers. But for people that that are listening as well, if this is your first one, I always say. Get your feet through the door. Yeah. Start with something. Get comfortable with what you got to carry, what it can possibly make. You know, everyone has got a different comfort level. Mm -hmm. Start somewhere. From there, you can grow. And I think that's, you know, when sometimes when we talk about these big returns, there's also, you know, higher expenses. Right. So... That sometimes is out of comfort, but I would say build up to that. Don't don't jump the gun. So, but look at the look at the expenses that you're paying in Canada. Yeah, three times as much. Yeah, not only do you have, um, you know, higher utilities yeah. like gas, electric, or electric, hydro. Yeah, uh, which in Canada that's your water and your electricity. It's it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. You're you're spending on some properties thousands of dollars a month for this. Yeah. And it's wild. Yeah. You know, we we toured a property and the listing agent was there. She's like, "Yeah, they pay uh they have a, a few small solar panels, but yeah, they pay $20 a month uh for uh, electricity and they pay uh like $30 for gas." I'm like, "What?" the hell yeah we're we're like 300 dollars minimum for some of our houses yeah. for gas yeah, and electricity yeah. so it's it's, it's wow. wild man and what i think the the important thing is is that if you're coming here and looking to build that portfolio how fast you can grow your portfolio because of that extra income that you're netting every yeah. month and you can roll that into another company or into another property and you know what i really love about Florida and the United States is that you can go sell or use your gains in you know once you've sold your property to go purchase another property as long as it's in your first in one year yeah. without it being taxed. Yeah. In Canada, you have to pay fifty percent capital gains. Yeah. I sold my fourplex to go buy uh, a larger property, an eight-unit building, and these units were going to be focused on lower not lower income but affordable housing yeah and the government still said no we want 50 percent of your earnings i had to write him a check for 100 grand 
Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's wild. And I'm, all I'm trying to do is provide housing for people who can af- who can't afford it yeah. because our government's not doing anything to help them. Yeah. You know, they bought a they bought a huge building in Toronto and left it vacant for three years. Now it's crumbling. And they got to tear it down. That would never happen in the states. No. And that's what I love about coming here is that they have such a passion for helping people. Where the biggest misconception about Canadians is that we're all nice and we all want to help people. No, when you come to, you know, the southern states, that's where the real hospitality is. Yeah. And I love it. I love Canada too. Salt of the earth, all, everybody that I know up there. Yeah. But when it comes from a government state of mind, I'd rather put my money in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that really came above water during COVID and, uh, yeah. you know. We uh, we can see how that all turned out. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. big difference. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, a whole nother <laughs> podcast. It's amazing. Uh, for the listeners listening, where can they find you? Uh, best place is Instagram at the Andrew Perry. That's all. I answer my DMs. I follow back. I, I do everything. So, and amazing. I do it all myself. I don't yes. outsource that. I love it. Amazing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, until the next, what would it cost Florida episode?